0: I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. I was walking around talking to some of you, and something's different about you. Did you get a haircut? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what it is. No, I know what it is. I know what it is when I'm looking at all of you at once. I do believe that you are one degree more like Jesus this week. You know what? Way to go! Because that's the goal, right there. One degree more. So, so are you training for glory? Is that what's going on here? You know that bump, bump. But you, you training for glory? Because I have to be honest, you're seeming a little more free today. Seeming very free. And the Scripture says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit." And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, all of us, with unveiled face, thank you Jesus, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Remember now, He was the image of the invisible God. We're all being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. This is what comes from the Lord, right there. One degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And I realized, like never before, that being transformed is like Paul's drum that he just keeps beating. It is his, his often repeated message to believers. Here he's saying it to the Galatians My dear children, for whom I am again. Because he's always given birth i am again in the pains of childbirth until christ is formed in you and he's going to the next group oh we got to get christ formed in you one bump at a time one bump at a time that tugboat the tugboat and the tanker we're the tanker his spirit's the tugboat We talked about how Paul instructs me and you to train yourself to be godly. I always always try to figure out which words to emphasize. I'm not sure because it just works so many ways. Train yourself to be godly. 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 Every one of those works. Because you can't grow in godliness without doing the little things that gradually gain us Victories over the big things. That's our partnership. We talked about this. It's not about trying harder, but training smarter. And I love Paul. Instead of putting pressure on us by saying something like, you have to get the prize, come on. No, what's he say? He, he takes the pressure off by saying, run in such a way as to get the prize. Run in such a way as to get the... Because everyone can do that. It's about heart and focus. And yet, as I said a couple weeks ago, so many believers feel so defeated the moment they get winded, the moment they get knocked down, the moment they fail. And that, I'm so excited to share this with you this morning because that's because most believers have failure all backwards. You You don't just try to lift 500 pounds... You train to lift 500 pounds. And how do you train to lift 500 pounds? Oh, by trying to lift just one degree more each week. Try for too much, too soon. You'll hurt yourself, right? So you gotta make a training plan. gotta make that plan because trying and failing feels like losing but here it is here's the here's the message of the whole morning but the goal of training is to push yourself to failure when an athlete in training pushes to failure no that's success they see it as success and feel good about the gains that will come from that failure. The focus is right. The heart is right. Whereas the guy, the guy uh, who just says, oh, I'll try to lift 500 pounds, <laughs> can't, uh, fails, feels like a loser. Because he's trying too hard to do what only comes by gaining through training. By trying for less. This is a fine line here now. You, know, you see, I'm walking this fine line here trying for less. But here's what happens. You just try for too much, and you fail, and you don't train. You know what the guy does? Probably decides weightlifting is dumb. Because that's what we do. we got to massage the ego. Well, I don't know why it's dumb. You know why we do that? This is a scary truth. Because it's easier to change our beliefs than to change our behavior. And so that's what we do if we try too hard and train too little and fail too much. I'll just change. I'll change the way I measure my faith, the way I keep score. And because of that, it's not very difficult at all, I guarantee you, to find those inside the church who are just as anxious and, and angry and envious and exhausted as, as those outside the church. Because transformation is tough. And it takes determination. And progress is gradual. It requires patience. And when we're winded, beat down, failing, oh, it's more appealing to just change the way we keep score. But when training for godliness, training for glory, failing is part of the growing and we got to see it that way. It helps us to see and celebrate the little gains along the way. Because all of a sudden you start realizing, hey, I'm not, I'm not failing at the same things. I I'm failing at new things. I've set my sights on bigger things to fail at. I'm pushing myself to failure. As I head toward victory. One degree at a time. I got to tell you, years ago, uh, this is kind of a practice in mine now, but I started years ago actually making spiritual training plans, like on paper, like writing out the things on my exercises. And so I would write down every time I, I realized that, oh, I heard that little voice, that little bump, 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 and I ignored it. I guess that goes on the training plan, and I'd write down what it was so that I could start training. What I realized very quickly is that I needed to make some serious gains in patience and so I took on patience okay okay I'm gonna train and I began to train for patience and I wrote things I'll tell you later some of the things I wrote down this is before COVID and and I just got to tell you this story because it's so true and it's so funny and so it's right when I'm in the throes of this. I'm in training I'm in training for patience and I, I this before COVID I, I drove to Canada remember Canada you could drive there back back in my day we could get in a car and drive to Canada a whole different country and, and at the border, I don't know what it is about my looks. I got a thing with Canada. I got a great story next Sunday, too. But at the border, they asked me to pull over and step out. And now I'm pulling over thinking, oh, I'm in training. I'm in training, Lord, aren't I? So I'm happy, happy to oblige because perspective's different. And then six men and a yellow, long-haired dog went at my car like nothing I'd ever seen. And they're pulling seats out and they're going under, and they're pulling things out of the trunk. They just stripped that thing and then put it kind of put it back together. And I'm standing there laughing, thinking, "Oh, you got to do better than that guy," because I'm in training. I'm in training. When they were done, I from the bottom of my heart, I thanked them for the work they do. Then I opened my door, and the dark velour interior was just covered in yellow dog hair. And I was amused. I was actually amused. I went, oh, my goodness. I'm in training. I'm in I got this. I got this. And then... then I immediately got onto this interchange. You've been there right past the border. You know, you get on this and get on the freeway, and it's all weird. And I have the, the yield sign, so I slow for an approaching car. But he's probably trying to be nice, so he slows. And so, but I have the yield sign, so I slow, and he slows. Finally, at about 20 miles an hour, he guns it and gives me the finger. Well, I was on my game. And I felt good because actually I kind of won that little battle. So that, that was kind of different. But then I, I immediately pulled her, get a cup of coffee, and I went to a drive-through and uh, was charged double, which I very politely pointed out to the speaker and was told I was wrong. But I'm in training, so I politely paid and then politely showed the lady the receipt and politely showed her I was right, because I'm in no way paying an extra buck 50. <laughs> training or no training. So I get my coffee and I very, uh, politely uh, uh, ask them if it, the cream and sugar is there and, because it's not in the bag, uh, to which they say, we already put it in, to which I say, just this way, did you? Could I have more, please? And so I held out my bag and made them put more in. And then as I pull out, I take a sip. They did de- they didn't. They hadn't, I was so happy with myself that I asked for more. So I pull over in the parking lot to add the extras. And I realized there's no stir stick so I stirred it with an old ink pen and I looked and I I did I looked up and I said out loud just like this you win you win to which I can I'm sure he said that's it that's it because I could have done this all day. (laughs) It's all true. Now, dad is not out to get us, but he is out to train us. But we must allow ourselves to be transformed by training, by trying to gain by degrees, and I knew he was cheering me on that whole time. I could sense it the whole way, right up until I got beat down by a half-cent stir stick. (laughs) Did you know that almost every conflict in in the New Testament between Jesus and the religious was over one of three things? It was over uh, dietary laws, uh, holy days, and the Sabbath, and circumcision. That's what consumed most all the arguments between Jesus and the religious right there. Because this was the way that they kept score. I mean, my goodness, God comes to earth. God comes to earth. And that's what we want to talk about. So Jesus is this huge threat to him because he focused on true hearts rather than superficial expressions. And that's a big threat. And and what's so bizarre is that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they all, all the religious rulers, agreed with Jesus regarding the most important measure. They all believed that this was the gold standard by which uh, every person was supposed to self-assess. Here's the story. When the Pharisees heard but the, he had silenced the Sadducees. They gathered together. One of them, a lawyer. Now that's an expert in the law. Uh, a lawyer asked him a question to test him. Teacher, is the great, uh, which is the great or greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, Well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor... ...as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law. And his adversaries, the lawyers, couldn't object. They all agreed. And another time the tables were turned. And behold, a lawyer stood up... Another lawyer. Lawyer stood up to to put him to the test... ...saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him... So what is written in the law... How do you read it? And he, the lawyer, answered, Well, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, do it, and you'll live. Because this is the heart of the law. Love our Father above all. And love others as yourself. That's the goal. We all agree. So all that's left is to evaluate yourself. Make a training plan. And I recommend you do what I did. An actual written down plan. See, they knew and believed and taught this. As the fundamental way to self-assess a true believer from a make-believer. And yet, they wasted all their they're energy arguing superficial expressions of spirituality why because it's so tempting to change the way we measure because it's so tough to change the way we think and feel and act because Transformation takes determination and progress takes patience because gains in glory come one degree at a time. But I'm here to tell you, it is so doable. It is so doable for you, for me, to to become way more patient, way more loving, joyful, content. But you got to train like you want it. Let's use patience as an example. No, this won't work. If you're already a very patient person, this won't work for you, so just find another fault. Don't worry, I'm sure you have plenty. Find another fault and go with that. And if you're sitting there going, I can't find a fault, then obviously just go with self-deluding pride. (laughs) But we'll go, the rest of us are gonna go with patience. Patience is something uh, you can't just try harder to have. You gotta train for patience. But what's nice about patience is it's so obvious when you lose it. So it's very easy to track your progress. Maybe you've heard the saying, have you heard the saying? Don't pray for patience. You heard that, right? Don't pray for, because of the logic behind it. Because God will send you trials to force you to develop it. So don't pray for patience. That is so not true at all for one huge reason. He doesn't need to. Have you not opened your eyes to the world we live in? The, there, no, the problems are already all around you. There will never be a shortage of frustrating people and infuriating situation and maddening rules that make no sense. <laughs> and you know why that is? Because that's the way it works down here. <laughs> you know? Oh, don't pray for patience. God will send you trials. No, no. Do pray for Patience. Because he'll open your eyes to what's right around you. And he'll help you out. And he'll soften your heart. And he'll cheer you on. And when you're in training, when you fail, you won't feel like a loser. No, you won't change the way you measure. You'll laugh at yourself. And you know why? Because you'll know that you made dad laugh too. Did I ever tell you about that time I went to Canada? <laughs> I left out part, I think. I think I left out the part right when I pitched my little parking lot fit, which I really did. <laughs> I really did. I said, you win, <laughs> you win. And, and then it was funny, I just started laughing because I, I did that. And, I'm la- and then I apologize, I'm so, I know, no, and I'm going, I, I'm sorry. And then I kept laughing because it was just funny because what an idiot, what an idiot. <laughs> And suddenly, quite magically, it was like dad hit the reset on my autopilot. And I was back on course, up and running, ready and rare. And it's like, I'm ready to take it, I'm refreshed and renewed. And and, and in hindsight, I, I know that I didn't even think about feeling bad about failing because you can't even imagine the dog hair. And I totally nailed that one. I, I was good with that. How could I feel bad about the stir stick? I'm making gains. My parking lot fit felt just like a weightlifter taking a breather between sets. You know, you push to failure, and you got to recover. And we talked about that with the old renews it. Take a breather with Dad. In order to recover before going for another set of reps to failure, so make a list. Do it. Start small, like I did. Drive the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> let, people, let people finish their story. When you eat, chew. <laughs> oh, I had a horrible habit getting that stuff down and <laughs> as quick as I could. Don't look for the shortest line at the store. When you do, don't track your progress. (laughs) And deliberately spend some alone time with the Lord. And once you get a little list going like that, then all you got to do is turn your ear to those little voice bumps, the ones you, you heard but ignored, and add them to the program. I made myself, I made myself find the, the, the parking spot that was after the last car, the furthest out, I looked for the furthest car out and parked there. Made myself go last at potlucks and buffets and holiday dinners. I made myself um, reassure busy waitresses that it was okay to get caught up with everyone else first. I made myself do these little things to become more patient. But I gotta tell you, somewhere along the way, I don't know where when, I realized I was doing them because I became more patient. And so then I started putting bigger things on that list. And the more I saw my little gains, the easier it became to allow more growth, to allow myself to be transformed. Here's a a true but sad story from my childhood. There was the Sunday school teacher in the church I grew up in back in the 60s. I was around this old gal for two decades. This is not her. That is not, it's not her photo. I just found you know something to represent her. I never saw in her, I'm sure she had some joy. I never saw it. I never saw the joy that she herself taught as the hallmark of our faith. She seemed perpetually cranky and irritated. And here's the thing, no one was surprised that she stayed that way day after day, decade after decade. Though everyone wanted her to change, no one expected her to change. Nobody ever said, we need to call the elders together and consider this woman who keeps coming to the church to worship the Lord but isn't being transformed by even one degree. That meeting never happened. No, we we expected her to affirm our doctrine to uh, to attend and support our services, to avoid certain other sins. But what was not expected was that day after day, week after week, year after year, Jesus Christ would be formed in her life from one degree of glory to another simply by her turning her ear to those voice bumps trying to turn her around. We didn't expect that gradually, over time, she would become more patient or more loving, more joyful, or kind. I look back and I realize the one thing, the one thing that no one expected is the one thing we're told is of the utmost importance to be allowing to be happening in our heart. And so I want to use this story to draw two conclusions for us. Number one, hear this. No one close to you wants you to stay the way you are. Even, well, especially Jesus. Okay, I want you to allow that freeing, it may not feel like, that freeing truth to soak in. I'm sure the good far outweighs the bad. That's not what this is about. But nobody close to you wants you to stay the way you are. Why would you settle for such a sorry state when you can go for the glory? And number two... Let me say this in no uncertain terms, that I, as your pastor, absolutely expect you to be transformed. That is an expectation if you're part of this church. This is his place. This is his place. So we expect and anticipate that day after day, week after week, month after month, you will be yielding yourself to those little voice bumps of God's spirit in your life. Life, so that Christ can be formed in your life from one degree, just gradually, steadily, increasingly formed in your life. One degree, one degree, one degree. Because that's what separates true believers from the make believers. We got to be growing in reflecting His glory bit by bit, bump by bump, and refusing to rest from that call till he calls us on home, then, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Hey, whoever has ears, you know, that are turned to the truth, let them hear. Yeah, reflect his heart in ever increasing measure down here. You radiate up there. Because you see, Christ didn't come and die and rise from the grave so that we could spend our time down here griping about how slow the old woman with the coupons is. (laughs) She is slow, oh Rose. But I'll tell you, he came and died and rose so that all those who are truly his can rise above the ways of the world by the renewing of our minds and the being transformed into his likeness. We will become whatever we practice, good or bad. So make it count. Christ-like character comes from practicing Christ-like choices. Oh, that dog hair. Christ-like choices. So when old Rose there is trying your patience, you be training him and maybe try praying for her i'm telling you that is that would be very christ-like you know rather than just watching how much faster every other line is moving (laughs) that i'll tell you is very bruce-like and you do not want to be bruce-like you want to be christ-like i don't even want to be bruce-like and i'm bruce (laughs) people are watching So show them the way, day by day, degree by degree, how to be truly set free. Don't give up, toss in the towel. Don't lawyer up, change the way you measure, or I'll tell you, you will end up settling for what I call pseudo-transformation. But hey, that's next Sunday. So until then, let's pray. Father God, we humbly and gratefully ask you to train us to love you with all our heart and all our soul all our mind and all our strength Holy Spirit teach us lead us inspire us empower us to increasingly love everyone around us as much as we love ourselves and Lord Jesus wow we praise you and we ask you to give us more patience thank you for opening our eyes softening our heart helping us out and cheering us on everybody said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.